0: over many years, in finance and labor to High Point Church. And by comparison, taken very little away. Early in the mid-1980s, we served here as a youth pastor for a couple of years until our jobs relocated to South. 1993, we returned as associate pastor and then to pastor during a time in which Bishop Goldsberry was extremely ill. In fact, at that time, we thought we might lose him. We served until late 1998 when after a major tragedy in our personal family and Bishop Goldsbury's health of return, we were able to go home for a couple years to help my dad in a very tragic situation. And now for the past 10 years plus as your pastor, I say that to point out to you, we have a vested interest in the future success of High Point Church. I want this place, the next time I come rolling through here, to stop in and check on things, bulging at the seams. God bless you in a mighty way. I said all of that to say this. Our hope is that, as in all the other churches I've pastored over the years, you'll continue on and be blessed beyond measure. Amen. Be blessed beyond measure. That's our hope. And our desire for High Point Church. A number of years ago, while channel surfing, one evening I came across one of Bill Gaither's homecoming gospel music hours. I stopped at that location and there was a couple there by the name of Jeff and Sherry Easter. And they were singing a song that caught my attention. I come to learn that the title of the song was Thread of Hope. And for some reason, this past week, this song has kind of bounced in and out of my mind. You know how it, how it happens, you'll get a song in your mind and it just will not go away. About the time you think it's gone, and poof, there it'll be again at the most unexpected time. And it has inspired what I'm about to share with you this morning. The first stanza of this song says this, and it's taken out of the account of the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. It says, the woman needed healing of that dreaded disease, her Money bought physicians, but only Jesus could bring relief. And though her last thread of hope was worn down to a strand, her heart held on to faith till she could touch Him with her hand. The Course says, Because when you're hanging by a thread, still you can climb life's mountain. Though the cliffs are rough and jagged, you can cope. If you should slip and reach rope's in you'll find the hem of His garment. So don't let go of that last thread of hope. It oftentimes seems that hope is an elusive emotion. Spiritual hope, by definition, is a confident expectation in things beyond this world. For the next few minutes... I would like for you and I to consider the idea and concept of an everlasting consolation and a good hope from two primary perspectives, first spiritual, then eternal. As we look at the spiritual aspect of hope, again, spiritual hope is a confident expectation in things beyond this world. The psalmist penned these words as it relates to hope in God's Word. In the 119th Psalm, verse 74, the psalmist says, Those who fear you will be glad when they see Me, because I have hoped in your Word. Amen. My friends, we can place our hope in God's Word. In fact, Jesus told the believers of His day, which is applicable to you and I in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. You see, spiritual hope was what enabled Abraham to become the father of the faithful. One day while worshiping as Abraham so often did, God spoke to him and said that he and Sarah would have a child. And now that in and of itself was not the impossible issue. The impossible issue was that the promise was made long, and I do mean long, after Sarah and Abraham were beyond the years of being able to bear children. However, even in that scenario, Abraham took God at His word. He didn't understand how it would happen. He didn't have the slightest notion of how God would pull something like that off. But he took God at His Word. Every morning, Abraham would get up and start his day with that hope in view. God told me we would have a child, and he started every day with that hope in the forefront of his thoughts and his mind. Years passed. In fact, 13 to be exact. Years after God had made the initial promise, were their hopes finally realized Paul in his writing to the Roman church referred to hope that Abraham placed in God's promise this way. Romans chapter 4 verses 16 through 18 and follow this verse closely. Abraham who is the father of us all as it is written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives life to the dead God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Amen. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. Please notice, it was not logical for Abraham to have hope in God's promise as it was physically impossible for him and Sarah to bear children. However, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Paul also writing to the church made this profound and bold statement in Romans chapter 5. And verse 5, he said, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You see, hope is the saving element in life. Think about that for a moment. Hope is the saving element in life. Although we believe in Jesus Christ, Amen? Everybody here? right? And none of us have yet physically seen Him, nor have we touched Him. We believe. Amen. I've never seen Him physically. I have never touched Him personally. But yet I know and believe without question. We have not yet seen eternity, have we? Nor what it will even look like. Other than what God's Word reveals to us. Yet we look forward to and we long for eternity. Hope is the saving element of life. Paul proclaimed it this way in Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25, For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Amen. Once we're to heaven, we won't have to hope for heaven anymore. It's important to note that the source of our hope is in the Scripture. And here is how the Scripture works in our quest for hope in this crazy, crazy, crazy world we live in today. Paul writes in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, For wherever things were written before, were written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Amen. Through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we might have hope. In other words, I can or I should say, we can look into the lives of those who have gone before us those through Scripture and those of us who have family and friends that have gone on before us and fought a good fight. All of those faithful believers from yesteryear, we can look at and see how God worked and done great things in their lives. How He delivered them, how He saved them, how He kept them and how He walked with them and how He worked through them. Not only do I have the Scriptures that I can look to, I have a family legacy that I can look back to over the many years and tell you how God saved them, delivered them, done great things in their life, how He kept them and walked with them and worked through them. My wife and I ourselves, we can look back and see how God has done so many things in our lives and know He will do it again. We can hope in the things of God based on the way God kept His promises to those who have gone before us, to those who have lived life long enough to know God keeps His Word. Amen. Hope abides forever. It was no accident that Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, very familiar. Probably most of you are quoting it in your head right now. And now abideth faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Regardless of our circumstances. Regardless of how we may feel at any given time. Regardless of how the future may look. Paul said it this way. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Amen. You see, hope abides forever if we continue in the faith, if we continue to be grounded and steadfast. Paul told, to, told the church at Colossia in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. He said, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. You see, we have a good hope through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I like the sound of that. Don't you good? Not just hope, but we have good hope. Amen. We have a, an everlasting consolation and a good hope. Amen. In fact, the Bible tells us, as I read in your hearing at the onset of this sermon this morning, now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Amen. Amen. Now, this is important. Believers are called to give testimony of their hope. Believers are called to give testimony of their hope. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I don't. Man, things are going crazy in this world. I don't have much hope. Well, you need to put your hope in Jesus Christ, because He is still the only answer for the world and its dilemma. As the world and society around us continues to decay and grow increasingly worse, we as new as born again believers are called upon to give testimony of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. The Bible says as penned by the apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, "But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready To give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. Let me read that again. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready. To give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I guess my question would be at this point. Are we living in such a way that it causes those around us to ask, Why are you so hopeful? Or are we living a lifestyle that paints a portrait to those who we interact with and we encounter that we're in the midst of utter despair? Are we living in such a way that causes those around us to ask, Why are we so hopeful? Are we living as heaven bound? Are we living as eternally saved believers in Jesus Christ? While the world and society may be in big trouble, and I assure you they are, we as God's born again children are not. We are not in trouble. Well, no, I'm telling you, as born-again children of God, we are not in trouble. You see, our citizenship is not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we are just pilgrims and strangers passing through. So don't drive your tent stakes too deep. Amen? Amen? We must live in such a way... It causes those around us to ask, why are you so hopeful? And finally, from an, from an eternal perspective, hope inspires us to clean holy living. Amen. The Apostle John said it this way in First John chapter three verses two through three. Beloved, now we are children of God. Isn't that an exciting phrase? Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall see Him. For we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Amen. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. What's that hope? We are the children of God. It's not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. The second stanza of the aforementioned song says, Is that you, hanging on to afraid and fragile faith, are you clinging to the rocks above the canyon of dismay? Reach out for the lifeline. It will never... Break in two. Hold fast and don't lose heart. Once again, God will pull you through. Because when you're hanging by a thread, still you can climb life's mountain. Though the cliffs are rough and jagged, you can cope. If you should slip and reach ropes in, you'll find the hymn... Of his garment. So don't let go of that last thread of hope. So I would encourage you not to let go of your good hope which you have in Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus said this you can take this to the bank. I will never leave you nor forsake you and he also said this just to add a little bit more emphasis to that thought I am with you always not occasionally not when you're good not when you've done everything like I want but I am with you always even until the end of of the age. Amen. What a good hope! What a cons- an everlasting consolation and a good hope that we have, knowing that He will never leave us or forsake us. He is with us always, even unto the end of the age. Would you stand with me this morning? have a hope in Jesus Christ like no hope we could have anywhere else imagine with me for a moment the possibilities that are possible through Jesus Christ There is no limitation to what He can do, to who He can use, to what He can accomplish. We often think in terms of the impossible things that Jesus Christ can do, but thinking in terms of this way, it's been on my mind this week, think in terms of, look at all the possibilities Look at all the possibilities that can come through Jesus Christ. Don't ever lose sight of an everlasting consolation and a good hope that you have in Him. Amen. Let's worship for a moment. Brother David.